Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Chronically Well podcast. I'm Callie Dixon, your host, and I am here today with a guest I am so excited to introduce to all of you. She's actually in my house, which rarely happens with my guests. Um, this is Alicia Neubauer. She is owner of Ground Floor Skateboards um, with her partner in business and life, Eric Neubauer. Here in Rockford, Illinois, she is Sammy and Johnny's mom, and she is a great community advocate here in Rockford. Hi, Alicia. Hi. Thanks for inviting me here. Oh my gosh. I've been really looking forward to this interview. Um, This is going to be a different kind of interview today. I didn't prepare any questions. (laughs) So... The idea being that, like, we kind of know each other. So Alicia and I met, what, about six months ago, maybe? Yeah. Um, so, like, we kind of know each other, but we don't. We have mutual friends in common. And yeah. um, the mutual friends that we have in common, I admire and adore. Mm-hmm. So I figure that if they're friends with you, then you have to be amazing, too. Um, same. And everyone that talks about you, they say Alicia, and then in the next breath, is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so... So I'm really excited to have you here. Um, before we get in to kind of the the deep stuff, um, because I'll, I'll just go ahead and spoil it for all of you guys. Alicia has cancer, um, and I have never spoken, spoke, spoken to anyone on this um, show that has cancer. And... Um, so it could be it could be a little bit of a heavy episode. So before we get into all of that, um, I want to know who you are as a person because we're not defined by our illnesses, of course. So okay. Okay. Um, who is Alicia? What do you do? What do you love? Uh, I love my community. Um, I guess that uh, from a very young age, I started um, thinking about the community around me and trying to figure out a way to make the world a better place. Like Mm -hmm. when I was eight years old, I used to hoard um, paper and plastic in my closet because my parents wouldn't recycle. And it made me cry. (laughs) And um, so I couldn't in good conscience throw it in the garbage can. So I um, pressured my father into um, collecting the recyclables and driving them to a pickup center and he's been doing that for over 30 years now um I did they not have so they didn't have they well okay so yeah my I grew up outside of city limits um in a uh subdivision a wonderful subdivision um but it was across the street from a farm and right near a quarry a rock quarry that they would actually shoot dynamite you know to, to collect I guess I for roads. To, I lived next to a quarry. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I um, and there, there was a lot of neighborhoods that kind of ran into each other. So um, it was a wonderful place to bike. There were, there was, things to explore. There were big hills to sled on and do slip and slide. There were, um, there was a lake. There was a pond. My brother went fishing all the time. Uh, my sister went um, uh, snowmobiling all the time. And I would ride my bike all over the neighborhood with my friends. Sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But (laughs) since it, you know, I just wonder if there lies the seeds to my cancer even. Mm, Why? Because we had well water. Okay. And I lived across the street from a 
cornfield, mm. an active cornfield. Mm. And um, when they would blast the quarry, the, all of the basements would shake. So I just wonder if um, all, of that all of that exposure, yes, yeah. had led to something. In addition to that, mm-hmm. both of my parents smoked cigarettes and had never were really able to fully quit. My mother never did, and my dad did frequently, mm-hmm. but that means that he started smoking again frequently. Mm-hmm. So I, I was I grew up among, amongst tons of toxins. Mm-hmm. Um, I landed in the. ER several times when I was about seven or eight um, with um, allergy-induced asthma. Um, But we didn't figure that out right away. Um, Initially, it took like a bout of pneumonia um, when I was eight, and I had to skip Halloween, which I was sad about. But it was really wonderful because, again, Mm -hmm. every time I find something sad, I always try to flip it. Mm -hmm. That's who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, So my brother and my best friend... Um, Sarah Miller and I think other friends too they all um, carried an extra bag and brought me candy so I had more candy than everybody else did (laughs) so score Um, allergies that would trigger my asthma were cigarette smoke um, dog dander Um, we had a dog um, cat dander we had a cat who loved to play in my hair (laughs) Um, and mold and mildew um, which I still to this day, like if you, if there's something, I will immediately react. Wow. Like I can walk into somebody's moldy basement and be like, hey, your water source is over here. Wow. I need to bring you down to my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've got some issues. Okay, well, well I'll go check them out. <laughs> no, I don't want to make it's, a problem for it's you. It's fine. I haven't had a full on asthma attack since I was 21. Wow. So I, after I moved, actually, maybe even 18, after I moved out of my mom and dad's house. So it was like the cigarette smoke, the dogs, yes. all of and it. and in fact, to the point that my brother told me um, just a few months ago uh, that my mother, she was, she was in the next room with the window open, smoking a cigarette while I was using my nebulizer. And I think that she opened the window because she really truly thought that, that would it was, yeah, that it was that the cigarette smoke was leaving the house, mm-hmm. that it was not lingering. Mm-hmm. But it most definitely was and still is and always has been. Yeah. And for that reason, I mean, that's driven a huge wedge between me and my mom and dad. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was a relatively sick child. I mean, um, I... So I really did enjoy playing outside, but when I would have triggering moments, especially on like a hot, muggy afternoon, mm-hmm. I would read encyclopedias because mm-hmm. I'm a super dork too. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> so I would be like curious about a concept or an item or whatever, and it'd be like Titanic. So I'd pull out the T and Instead I'd look up Titanic. Googling. Oh yeah, this is pre Google. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. The, this is 1986. The 26. Yes, letters. yes, 1986, yes, 1988. Google. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would just proceed to like peruse the rest of the T volume. <laughs> you know, I'm just kind of chill, and I remember, um, you know, just kind of being afraid mm-hmm. of something triggering there I, I would always be just a little bit apprehensive mm. um and so did that like spur some anxiety for you then did you have you struggled with anxiety or I didn't know I was I, I guess it was just like I don't know 
if it was full on anxiety. Yeah. Because I saw that in my mother. Mm. I knew what an anxiety and a panic attack looked like, and I wasn't necessarily having that. Yeah. It would just be like, you know, intense emotions of feeling sad or mm-hmm. something like that. But I think everybody kind of goes through that f- through puberty, mm-hmm. you know, and oh, you deal yeah. with mean girl situations and. It's the worst. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and you ebb and flow, and mm-hmm. um, there was many different schools I went to, um, but I would always find people from my past mm-hmm. that would resurface, that mm-hmm. would kind of reassure me. It would be almost cyclical. So mm-hmm. at this point, I joke and I say that there's two degrees of separation in Rockford, mm-hmm. maybe one degree if you're me. <laughs> Just kind of joking a little bit, but... Um, since I've lived here my entire life, except for going away to college in St. Louis, mm-hmm. um, I have been very, very heavily involved. Um, in 1999, after graduating, I my friend, my brother's friend, who became my friend, Guy Ford, told me, um, "Hey, you should check out this River District, and there's mixers." And so we started like figuring out what the downtown business district was like. And he knew I had a degree in architecture and was working at an architecture firm and. He worked construction, um, and he was volunteering in different things. So I started volunteering for the Preservation Committee. And then um, the president of the River District at that time, Larry Morrissey, Mm -hmm. um, asked me to be on the board. So at the age of 21, Mm -hmm. I was secretary of the Board of Trustees for River District. That's amazing. Yes, and... um, I had a valued opinion, you know, like mm-hmm. people would actually um, seek out my opinion. I try mostly at board meetings and such. I try to absorb. Yeah. <laughs> so I try to absorb and um, understand um, what the group is about and what their goals are and mm-hmm. ask questions. So like when I initially join a board of which I've served on many, <laughs> I try to do that. And then... Um, figure out a way to see whatever things that I have can help them. So by the time I was actually diagnosed with breast cancer, mm-hmm. I was um, I had opened up business. We're skipping all over the place now. It's great. So we, we can op- go wherever we want. Yeah, to go. <laughs> so um, we opened up the skateboard shop because um, the local skateboard shop had closed five or six years prior. And everybody kept looking at my husband because he still skateboarded. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a, a natural leader. And they kept asking him, when are you going to start a skateboard shop? And he said, I'm a teacher. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. And um, that mm-hmm. happened over the course of many years. And then it got to the point where in my career as a licensed architect, I was work- I worked on major projects like the Anderson, Center's vi- Anderson Gardens Visitor Center. Oh, you did that. Um, well, I'm part of that team, well, yeah, but yeah, I yeah, yeah. So um, the Swedish American Regional Cancer Center, uh, the Jacob Center for Science and Math, um, Classroom Building One Edition was one of my last major projects. The Ware Center renovation of the Eagle Grocery Store on North Main. Wow. Um, yeah, so projects that cool I'm stuff. really, really, yeah. really proud mm-hmm. of. Um, so I went to Half Days mm-hmm. as a licensed architect because um, and started this business because my partners or my partners my bosses were dangling a partnership in front of me but then it like never really materialized Mm -hmm. and this is you know after 
2008. You know, this is um, after the recession hit Rockford, and we're all (laughs) tightening our belts. And it was really, really difficult to get decent pay for what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I realized that maybe because I'm a woman and I didn't ask for it, (laughs) I um, had only received a 1% raise over the course of the past 10 years. What? Yes. Terrible. And I was project manager. I was the lead contact for the owner, for the contractor, for the consultants on $27 million project, on a $22 million project. It was just, you know, I wasn't really taking on my power. I didn't realize what my power was, Mm -hmm. and I didn't ask for Mm -hmm. more. Mm -hmm. So instead, I was like, you know what? I want to own my own business. You know what, Eric? And so I think we can do this, and we should do this. And this was 2008. No, this is... um, so my son was born in 2008, so that's how I kind of know. I did get a raise then. Okay. <laughs> um, two th- um, I want to lose you. Yeah. Um, I, but it was 2015. Okay. When um, Ground floor. my husband finally said to me, as we were walking around the Ethnic Heritage Festival in September of 2015, mm-hmm. you know, maybe if Midtown can gather this many people, maybe Rockford is ready for a independent skateboard shop but it has Mm -hmm. to be downtown Mm -hmm. has to be on state street or nearby and i was like okay and so in october the following month i got a lawyer and we incorporated and by um january i had signed a lease wow and um because a friend had pointed out a space uh karen elier from minglewood um had said you know Formers Unanimous, are you? Or they're really, really great landlords, and you should check out this 300 block of State Street. So we did, and yeah, the rent is great. And we were able to create this little niche thing. And so... So when did you open? So we opened in um, March of 2016. Wow, it's so fast. Yes. <laughs> it's, like, unbelievable. So, I mean, here's the thing. Like, yeah. when I have... When I can focus... Yeah. I can, I can, um, I can pull things off, Mm -hmm. especially when I can find the right people to help me along with the process. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that along those lines, that's why Kate Worth texted me on, in January, in mid January of 2017 and said, Hey Alicia, um, I really want to go to Women's March in Chicago or in DC, but I can't because mm-hmm. I own a business, Lucette Salon. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, do you think we can pull it off here in Rockford? And it was eight days before the uh, the march, and I said, "Let me make a few phone calls." So I remember I think I contacted um, Brittany Lindgren, mm-hmm. and I might have contacted Lauren Davis, and I was like, "Are you in?" Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Yeah." And I might have reached out to one of my contacts at the city, but I'm not positive. Um, And I was like, I think we can do this. And we thought 50 people would show up and 1,200 did. I remember that day. Yes. And I remember I was really, I was really trying to, I was really um, excited about the opportunity and felt very um, vindicated in the role of, you know, I'm a woman and I should have recognized my strengths and I should have asked for more, but also why do I have to ask for more when the coworker of mine um, who after I went to half days as a licensed architect 
was promoted with the title and given, you know, maybe tens of thousands of dollars more a year um, after he became, after he was married, had a baby and was licensed. And I had been working with them for over 10 years. And I was doing all of the jobs that he was doing mm-hmm. without the recognition mm-hmm. or the pay. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, the person in that position I, I completely adore. Yeah, sure. You have nothing and to he, him. Exactly. Yeah. But it's like I was recognizing that there's a disconnect here because of systemic oppression of women. And so that really got me. Mm-hmm. And so I was really fueled to move forward. So at that time, at the time of Women's March... 2017, Women's March Rockford 2017, I was um, working half days as a licensed architect on a major project. Um, I was uh, running our skate shop along with my husband, but since he's a teacher, you know, I'll do a lot of the paperwork and opening the shop and then he would close it and so forth. So the content is all his Mm -hmm. because he's a real skateboarder, but Mm -hmm. I execute it, if you will. Um, and I was also serving on six boards at the time. Girl. So, so I was serve. I I haven't left the zoning board of appeal of appeals and the liquor tobacco advisory board, which I was appointed to um, twelve years ago wow. um, by then Mayor Larry Morrissey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have been active in Women's March. I didn't let that go. I'm still vice president of Trinity Daycare. Board of Trustees, which is the downtown um, preschool. Okay. When my children were young, we didn't have preschool for all. So if my kids wanted to go to preschool, I had to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So I sent them there, and it was so wonderful that I decided to continue to be active in that community as a board member. Mm-hmm. Um, I had left Jeremiah Development. I had left being an ambassador for my university. Um, what else did I leave? shelter care ministries, other boards that I've left. Um, So a lot of downtown things. So I've always been active and involved downtown. I've been, and as I've been doing this, as my little babies have been growing up, now they're 9 and 11, but I've been taking them places. So they come along with me. We go to Burpee. Um, They come along with me. We go to City Market. They come along with me. We go to Nicholas Conservatory. We go to art shows. We go to dance parties. We go to... Um, business birthday parties. You know, Art Deli has a birthday party or Culture Shock has their birthday party. Um, the boys are there with me, too. So, You're a community um, supporter. Yes, that's yes, your, yes. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean, it drives me. It, it makes me yeah. happy. Yeah. I, I want to go back to the women's issues real, yes. real, real quick. Yes. I mean, it doesn't have to be quick. That's no, <laughs> fine. But, um, because you're such a proponent of community, you're so influential in this town, in Rockford, what would you say? Like, what is one thing that you want the women of Rockford to know? What should we be pushing for? What should we advocate for? Do you have any advice? The most important thing mm-hmm. is to lower your stress. Mm-hmm. Because we're all trying to do all the things and make things so happy and wonderful for the people that we love mm-hmm. that we are not taking care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So as I was serving, you know, as I was planning the Women's March and as I was um, serving on six boards and as I was working two jobs, I found a lump and I ignored it. Mm. I ignored it for six months. Did you really? 
I did. I really did. Because I had already gone in for an ultrasound the year before, Mm -hmm. and I thought, well, if I wait a few months, then a full year will pass, and maybe that'll be better with the insurance, and maybe it won't cost as much money to get an ultrasound. And yes, these are the. It's sad that we have to think about that. Yes, yes. But but because of that, Mm -hmm. I want us to. Think about taking care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Fill your cup mm-hmm. first. And we feel like that's selfish, right? We, I, I, and it's not. No. It's not, but I feel like no. as women, when you're in the role of mother or whatever. Or whatever caregiver at, in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. It yeah. feels like if you're not giving to everyone else first. And I think it's just kind of in the nature of women to take care, even if you don't have children. Yeah, There's so much emotional baggage Mm -hmm. that women just pick up and clean up as they go around, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And it's not that we're, I don't think we're overtly trying to fix Mm -hmm. the men in our life, Mm -hmm. but maybe we've been subconsciously taught to make their load lighter. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And then we don't look in. And then, yeah, so the most important thing, I think, is to take care of yourself and to listen to yourself mm-hmm. um, because your body's going to tell you when something's not wrong. Mm-hmm. So when that happens, then you should put down your phone, mm-hmm. you know, um, try to go to your happy space or place, whether that's meditating or praying or taking a nap or curling up into a, a ball or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I do think you need to find a way to recharge, whatever that is. What do you do? I lay down um, in the fetal position. No, just kidding. <laughs> I've um, done that plenty of times. Not, not full-on fetal position, but yeah. I do curl up on my side. Mm-hmm. I usually set a timer for 20 minutes because I am still... I still have a litany of things that I would like to do during the day yeah. or goals that I want to accomplish mm-hmm. that I'll set out for myself for that day, and I don't want to um, miss something. Also, I don't want to uh, have my brain be thinking, Is, has 17 minutes passed yet? Right. Has it only been three? Because <laughs> right. I'll set the, So I'll set the timer for 20, knowing that I can trust that the timer will let me know when 20 minutes has passed, and yeah. I don't have to go searching for that. Yeah. Uh, so I'll do that. I have um, a meditation app. Um, I use the Breathe app. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I really like the timer there, too. Uh-huh. It's a free app. Um, and you can unlock other things with pay. I have a um, I have a journal. I journal sometimes. I seek out all kinds of therapies. Um, You're great. <laughs> I love it. You messaged me out. There's a yoga. There's a healing yoga. Yes. You want to go? Yes. I do, but I can't. Why? Why can't you? Uh, I don't remember why that day. There's always a reason. I know. You I know? know? I do. Yeah. I do. Okay. So here we go. We're gonna we're gonna go into it. Okay. Uh, diagnosis. Yes. Take me into the room that day. Take me into your head that day. What happened? What were you thinking? Okay, so diagnosis or? Diagnosis. Okay. So that day, I had already decided I had cancer. Okay. I had the biopsy a few days prior. Okay. I remember we went to. What happens? Like, so you find a lump. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can go back. Yeah, so, yeah, let's go back. Um, You found the lump. You waited. So my lump was painful. Okay. And they say that it's not. Exactly. Uh My lump was painful. Okay. This is good to know. And they say that it's not, but it was painful. Okay. Okay? Um, My 
my best friend from college mm-hmm. was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer about two years prior. And um, so I remember texting her and asking her. And at that point in her journey, she was like, I can't answer any of your questions. I don't, I just don't have the energy to give to you. Mm. I don't have the energy or the grace. And she like slowly over time pulled away to the point that she had to completely kick me out of her life because, and she died, you know, she died. And then I found out about it two days later. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So Brenda's story very much is in the back of my, the beginning of my story. So Mm. I had the year prior, I had my, my breasts were full of cysts. And so I'm pining these lumps and Brenda has cancer and I'm like, what is going on? So I'm going through this emotional thing. I'm giving myself migraines. I'm making myself sick with worry. I'm mm-hmm. completely worried about her. Mm-hmm. She's so far away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to like send good juju to my friend, yeah. right? <laughs> um, but in the meantime, I'm finding this thing on myself. So um, the first time I went in, they did a mammogram and then they followed it up with ultrasounds and they took like 50 photos and they said, you know, you grab any woman off the street, and most likely they have tons of cysts. And the cysts were, like, bothersome at my underwire bra locations mm-hmm. and so forth. So I'm like, okay, fine. I'll just stop wearing underwire. Mm-hmm. Um, did they take a biopsy then? No, I don't think they did. Mm-hmm. So then um, the following year when I found... go a year. Yes, because it, they didn't see anything. Didn't that, bad. And okay. maybe, maybe the cancer hadn't formed yet. Okay. Because cysts are a common thing. Yes, yes. Yeah. So they ebb and flow, especially with your cycle. Okay. Um, so this is about May of 20, 2016, like three months, right a few months right after we shop. opened the shop. Oh and also gosh. people have talk, talked about a link between um, stress, mm-hmm. a high stress event. Mm-hmm. I've heard divorce. And that, well, yeah, any mm-hmm. high stress, mm-hmm. stress event. And then like eight months later, developing mm-hmm. cancer. Mm-hmm. Um. So lower your stress. Everybody lower your stress. Anyways, um, so I came back in, and this time it was painful. I was with a bunch of girlfriends, and I told them I'm going to go get a biopsy. I have this lump that's as big as a strawberry, and my friends were like, ha, 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 that's so funny. Your boobs are like as big as a strawberry, Mm. you know, because... We're just silly. <laughs> they're, they're like, how can it be your entire breast? Da, 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 ha, 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 that's so funny. So um, needless to say, the one friend that said that, which I still adore, but she felt really bad and like drove me to the biopsy. Oh. So um, I, uh, they scheduled a biopsy two days later. When they do it, they numb you with lidocaine okay. around the lump. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a biopsy I before? almost had to have a biopsy. Okay, you didn't, though. I didn't. It like well, I was breastfeeding. Okay. So they found yeah. a lump. Yeah, and then it went and away. And the ultrasound, then I yeah. came back a week later and it was gone. So. Cool. cool. It worked out. Yay, body. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so they, they try to numb all of the tissues around it. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't get all of it. Oh, so no. they started with the biopsy, and then I was like, ah! And the get, so the radiologist was like, oh, stop. And I said, no, go, 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 go. Like, just I'm just it. like, just do it. Yeah. Just do it. And I have been doing, um, sorry about all the clapping. Right. <laughs> It'll be fine. I've been doing yoga for um, off and on since I was about 18. Mm-hmm. And just focusing on that, that deep breathing, um, thinking about giving birth, mm-hmm. um, focusing on your breath. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a mostly natural childbirth. I had a little bit of, um, what do you call it? One of the drugs to take the edge off. 
Delauded. Delauded. Yeah. yeah. That um that is just minimal. Mm-hmm. So I I'm able to like let the pain and the discomfort mm-hmm. kind of move through me. So that mm-hmm. was like one of the first moments of me like really trying to say, okay, I need to not tense up right now mm-hmm. in the face of this very scary procedure. Mm. Not to say that biopsies are scary. I'm sorry mm-hmm. I said that. But no. well, it's I mean. It's what's coming. It's like, the, you know. Yeah. So, just but fun. as they're doing yeah. it, what they do is they pull out, a, they pull out like a core sample and they shove in like a little clip so that they can find it on the ultrasound in the future. Okay. So they know I've biopsied this mass before okay. and they can tell the future lab tech, don't worry about this. I've already tested it. And tested. yeah. Okay. Um, but there's a loud like snap that happens. Oh, dear God. So it sounds like, so there's, uh, they go in, I say, ow, lots of pain. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to stop. No, go, go, go. And then it's pop. <laughs> right? That was the experience. Were so, you warned about the pop? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Good. The, yeah. That would be kind of. No, I mean, this. Um, so my, um, my hospital is Swedish American, uh-huh. and the techs and the doctors and the nurses are all really, really wonderful and completely sweet. And they'll, you know, just let me babble on about Women's March Rockford or whatever it is that I want to talk about that day. They like to listen, you know, whatever community thing I'm planning. Which is all of them. <laughs> yeah. Something yeah. Um, people are really open to listening about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's nice. So anyways, I had already decided I had cancer and um, drove to the Women's Center, um, get called in the room, and I remember that the nurse advocate looked at me with sad eyes. Oh. And then, and yeah, and then she's, and then reached out to hold my hand, you know, and they're like, it's cancer, it's invasive ductal carcinoma, um, DCIS, um, and also, so it was like two different types. One was, one was invasive ductal carcinoma and the other was, um, in place. I forget what the the term is. So, um, and then at that time, after that, Mm -hmm. They take that sample, and then they tr- have to test receptors. Um, so not only do you have breast cancer, but they have to determine which of 15 types it might be. Oh. Yeah. And so initially, they sent me on my way. They handed me a book. Oh, there's always a book or a pamphlet. And I have railed against the book. Good. I only looked at the book briefly right before I was having a double mastectomy because I wanted to see like what the different options were, what that looked like as you, re- you know, as they remove your breast tissues and mm-hmm. what that whole process is. Mm-hmm. Um, I drove away. It was uh, July 24th, 2017. The clouds were very fluffy in a bright blue sky. Mm-hmm. Um, our sons were eating lunch with my husband at home because he's a school teacher. Mm-hmm. And um, I walked in. You know, and and I and I wrote down in my journal right then. I was like, the clouds are fluffy. It's seventy two degrees. There's a light breeze. You know, the the world is still a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have to drop this bombshell now. And my husband and I like we we try to be realistic. Yeah. And so we had already kind of decided. And so mm-hmm. I could just kind of give him the signal, like, yeah, hey, it's this is what's happening. So then we're trying to plan. Okay. Now it's July 24th, and Johnny's birthday is next week. Mm. How are we going to tell him? When are we going to tell him? Is it going to be on his birthday? Is it the day before his birthday? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what are we going to do? Yeah. yeah. And so I remember being really, really upset and, like, stressing out about it. But when we finally did sit down and tell the children, mm. 
I have breast cancer. I'm going to be going to doctor's appointments. Um, that, or that's why we've been going to lots of doctor's appointments and I have to cut all my hair off. And, um, my little son, uh, my older son, he said, but who's going to pick us up from Taekwondo practice? (laughs) Right? I love that. You know? And, you know, is my life going to change, basically? And I was like, I'm going to bring, I'll pick you up from Taekwondo practice. And if I can't, then dad will drive you home. Mm -hmm. Like, because the the three of them do it together. And um, since that point, our sons, they are, they watch me. Mm -hmm. They watch for cues. Um, we're out and about, you know, they'll, they'll set up my nest, they call it. It's a, uh, lots of pillows and a, on the couch next to the fireplace with a um, uh, book, you know, and maybe Kleenex or whatever I want nearby. Or maybe they'll make me, some, like last night, Johnny made me some tea. He's nine. You know, or they'll um, clean up after dinner or help me prepare, um, they're really, really, really rising to the occasion of, I need your help. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's a beautiful thing. Nice. And I, they understand and they know that I have metastatic breast cancer because 18 months after my uh, diagnosis, mm-hmm. it had metastasized to my skin, okay. uh, my liver, my bones, my lungs... Um, I've told them that I will have cancer for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I did not tell them, but I tell everybody else, that um, the median survival rate for metastatic breast cancer is three years. Mm -hmm. That's three birthdays. That's three Christmases or three days of stroll on state, if that's your most favorite day of the year. (laughs) Um, Three... Uh, summers, um, and that's from the date of initial diagnosis. And that was in July of 2017. Right. The math. Yes, the math is scary. The yeah. math is very, very scary. Mm-hmm. And um, Brenda died mm-hmm. um, in late September. This year. This year. And last yeah. week, another. Um, beautiful soul died and she had stage four metastatic breast cancer that spread with skin mets but her body didn't respond to the chemo that I'm on right now that I started since March okay how's that going uh (laughs) so I had a scan done actually on um yesterday okay a bone scan and then I had a um series of ct scans done on Friday, and I want to compare those to what was done back in July and then also in March because I'm in a lot less pain. Good. So I'm hopeful that that means that um, the angry mats in my bones are responding and shrinking to the chemo. Yeah. I'm really hopeful. Yeah. Um, but 10 months, 10 cycles of chemo right now it's eight additional months of heavy chemo the first time I went through it mm-hmm. um it was only five months my body is taking longer to recover yeah um I need blood transfusions I need um inject- infusions of 
to jumpstart my bone marrow to make white, more white blood cells. Yeah. My platelets are dropping a lot more frequently, and I don't, there's nothing I can really do to bring that up other than rest and lower my stress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm really trying to employ more of those therapies. Mm-hmm. Um, when you, <clears throat> so 2017, when you were told it was metastatic. No. Metis, that's not. 2017 was the initial diagnosis. Initial. 2019. 2019. It was January 24th during the polar vortex of this 2019 that I, that I was, was told metastatic. that it was metastatic. Same sad-eyed nurse advocate that I had barely seen for the last year or so. And then they told you three years from the date of diagnosis. They don't tell you that. They don't. They don't no, they don't okay. ever say anything. They don't. No. Okay. They don't, we don't talk about end dates. No. Oh. No. What do they do? What do they say? What are they, like, what is that? They say that we want you to have the best quality of life mm-hmm. for whatever it is that you want. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on chemo right now, mm-hmm. and maybe the chemo is um, shrinking the cancer. So is that worth um, my bladder um, breaking a little bit and causing light bladder leakage for a few days? Mm-hmm. Is that worth... Um, my pelvic floor muscles being like crazy tight because they're all wrapped up with whatever cancer's going on in my, in my bones. Is that worth um, needing a blood transfusion every Is it? two or three weeks? I don't know. Yeah. It depends. I mean, it depends on what the scans say. Yeah. So, and, and that's the point is that um, we do therapies and we do, we do cancer treatments and we observe. And we do more treatments and we observe. Mm-hmm. And so at every point, you know, we kind of talk about things. Like I had said back in January, okay, uh, my niece is graduating from college mm-hmm. and I've never been to um, Providence, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. So I want to go visit her in May. Yeah. So we plan out how do we get to the point so that I'm strong enough to travel mm-hmm. for that weekend? Or I want to go to San Diego because our sons have never seen the ocean and I've never been to California. So what does that look like? I'm going to go in the first weekend of August. How do we prepare my journey, my treatments, so that I can go at that point? Which, I mean, when I was in San Diego, I was in the worst pain I've ever been in my entire life. Did you still enjoy it? Yeah. 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 How do you do that? So you had a post this days ago gratitude on on gratitude and I think every person that read it was probably (laughs) sobbing because I know and the picture was not my best picture but it's it's true so great and honest yeah I haven't been very good about wearing makeup lately you're you're beautiful (laughs) you're beautiful you don't need it Um, my husband says that thank you he's a good man and he's not lying um but how do you so this whole podcast is about you know um living well despite illness. A lot of the people that I bring on have their illnesses under control or it's something that's going to be like a lifelong thing and their life could be 20 years. Mm -hmm. You've been told your life... It could be a year. It could could be be two years. A year or two years. Right. So I'm hopeful for five. Five. Give me five. (laughs) I'm hopeful for more than that. I know, I know, I know. Um... But how do you live well with that sort of hovering over you? I don't think past three weeks in advance. Okay. 
and my mind goes like, blah, 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 blah. yeah. Um, it's a subconscious self protection thing. Yeah. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, there's a young um, survivors coalition in LA that I really want to go to in March, but I didn't apply for it yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Maybe thinking to myself that, like, I don't know where I'll be at in my treatment, so I don't know if I'll be well enough to fly. Can I really abandon, you know, leave my entire family Mm -hmm. and go to this conference where I'll actually see people face-to-face that have metastatic breast cancer and not just be, like, in a Facebook group? It is important to me, but I didn't apply. Mm -hmm. And um, in the day-to-day thing, I think, okay, the night before... I try to set things up so that I can sleep through the night. Because mm. if I don't sleep through the night, I'm going to have a bad day. Mm-hmm. Um, I wake up in the morning and I take stock of where do I feel nauseous? Do I feel pain? Like, where, where, what is my body feeling at this moment? Mm-hmm. And what do I need to do to help myself? Where is my next appointment? Yeah. Like, I'm always like, this is, I'm just trying to kind of, and then I plan that out. So I think to myself, okay, well, I don't have to do anything until... Um, nine o'clock, I have to be at an occupational therapy appointment. Mm-hmm. So therefore I need to get out of bed at seven fifteen, mm-hmm. so that I can have a good bowel movement because it's important. It is important. It is important. <laughs> yeah. Um, drink my, uh, coffee, um, have a decent breakfast, maybe get in some stretching before I would be able to do a whole yoga thing, mm-hmm. um, before leaving the house. And now I'm just not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also allowing for time afterwards. Okay. So will I be able to lay down? Mm -hmm. Um, do I have water with me? Do I have snacks with me? Um, do I have my THC mints with me? I'm, Mm -hmm. I have a license, I'm a licensed medical card holder. Mm -hmm. Um, and I carry, um, a tin of mints, basically THC mints with me all day that help to, um, tamper down the nausea. So this is how I take care of my symptoms. And also all along the way I am getting, I'm feeling all of the love and all of the support and all of the intentional, um, grace that people are sending my way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm open and to receiving it so that it helps to carry me through. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, you know, my husband's phenomenal and wonderful and will check in with me like, can you do the things that you're supposed to do today or mm-hmm. do I need to step in? Like, mm-hmm. um, I remember one time I had to go and get a uh, shot of Nupigen, which jump starts my white blood cells. And I got a blood test because I was feeling tired. Sure enough, my hemoglobin was low Mm. and I needed a blood transfusion, but I had to go to Belvedere Mm. because it was the weekend and they're notoriously slow. And I told my husband, I was like, I need a blood transfusion. You know, either you go into work today Mm because we manage the business together Mm -hmm. um, or you go to Taekwondo and I'll come home and work and then I'll get my blood transfusion later. And he's like, no, 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 that's crazy talk. Mm -hmm. Like, get your blood transfusion now. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you try to accommodate for me? Mm -hmm. So I have my husband, like, checking in with me, like, no. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, he'll do it in maybe not the nicest way because Mm -hmm. it takes a while to get through my brain, especially if I'm being stubborn. Mm -hmm. He is doing, and I know he's doing this out of love. Mm -hmm. Like, when we were in San Diego... Um, we first arrived, we're tired. I lay down on the bed for my 20 minute nap 
Um, they're all getting up and they're going to walk two blocks. We were two blocks away from the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, and so I go to get up and my husband's like, no, mm-hmm. you need to lay down, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe he might yell at me a little bit, but <laughs> again, he's trying to say to me, no, yeah. stop trying to deplete your energy because mm-hmm. I need you to be around. So mm-hmm. what was the question? You're, you're answering it. I mean, okay. how, how do you, how are you living well, even with your illness? And then, so then I'm also responding to people. Um, there's a, a, a friend of mine, Angie, walked into the shop the other day. She's like, hey, I was just checking to see how you're doing. Is there anything I can do? And um, that day, our sons weren't with us, so um, I didn't have any, and nobody had vacuumed the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's dog hair, because we have dogs at the shop. There's dog hair all over carpet. So I'm like, can you please vacuum the carpet? You know, like if somebody shows up at that moment that I need something, I swear to God, I will ask you Mm -hmm. for it. But I'm not always going to like pick up the phone and say, hey, can you go to Walgreens and pick Uh me up some toothpaste? So that might be a good transition into another question I've had in my head for you. What do you wish, like, I think people are so hesitant to ask people with cancer, like, about what they're going through, or they just don't know. Like, what do... What do I say to Alicia? Like, do I ask if she's okay? Do I ask if yeah. I need to help her? What do, what's the most okay. helpful thing that you can do? Or what okay. are some so, things that we shouldn't say yes. or we shouldn't do? Okay, yeah. so how are you doing mm-hmm. is not a good question. Right. Because And then I try to flip it, and I'm like, okay, this is how I'm doing in this moment right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, call me if you need, a, need anything. Mm. I'm not going to call mm-hmm. because I don't know what I need. Right. Um, so it offer me something concrete, like, um, the other day somebody had texted me, a a friend from high school and he's a fireman and, um, he's like, you know, how are you? Mm -hmm. What can I do? Call me if you need anything. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I said to him, tell me what it is that you would, you know, what your skills are, what you would like to do. And he's like, I can lift stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. Well, when I set up the Christmas tree, I'll call you because then you can carry it up from the basement. That's great. Yeah. You know, if my husband doesn't have to be home that day or whatever. But, um, yeah, just like simple things like that. Or um, another friend of mine, Nancy, sent me a text message. She's like, I'm at Target. Uh, Do you need anything? And I was like, well, I need a drying rack for the dishes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like random. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Practical ways that you can help, not just... specifics. Yeah, okay. Specifics. Because, you know, like, I'm feeling all of the energy and the chakra and the aura and whatever and the good intentions and stuff, but if I can't name it, then it doesn't help me. Do you get tired of talking about the cancer with people? No, but sometimes I think that it makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. Or it makes them sad. Or, um... It brings on more questions to my loved ones that I would rather ask my, have them ask me. So that's another thing. Okay. Ask me. Mm-hmm. You don't have to ask my husband. You don't have to ask my dad. You don't have to ask my mother-in-law how yeah. I'm doing. Like, go to the source. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of times people are like, I don't want to bother her or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, come to me. Come to me and ask me all the questions. Mm-hmm. But that's my personality. Right. Right. Not everybody's like that. Exactly. So I'm going to contrast that with my dear friend Brenda. She didn't want anybody talking to her about anything. She didn't have any energy to respond to anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I can I can understand that in different ways. Like I don't have cancer. I'm a, I'm a big open book, but there was a point. Um, I, I guess I can just say that. Are we both enneagram too? I'm an enneagram six. Okay. Okay. The worst. <laughs> it's not the worst. It's don't just, say it's the worst. I know. There's no, no worst. Any of you enneagram There's no sixes, worst. but I don't know. There's I just I worry about everything, but um. I'm actually very thankful that you told me about that stuff because it has, have, has actually helped me. I'm so, to I contr- forgot that I told you about that. Yeah. I well, or I, you didn't officially okay. tell me about okay. it. It's just I noticed that you and Lauren and Kate were all using it. And yeah. I'm like, what the hell is this? And I want it. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? It is because it really is like yeah. it's biofeed, biofeedback. No, it's not biofeedback. It's feedback for how you're feeling at that moment and why you might be feeling it. Yeah. It and then you can be like. So much. Oh, I don't have to be. A, I don't have to crazy rage clean right now because right. I have control issues. <laughs> yes. Right. And see, for me, I'm a worst case scenario kind of person. So, like, oh. if I were in your position at that diagnosis, like the only thing that I could think probably would be like, "Well, I'm dead tomorrow." You know, like that's okay. where my head would go. Um, no, mine was like, "How am I going to make this process easier for everybody else?" Right. Because yeah. you're a two. <laughs> you're the best of all people. No, I'm not the best. Our twos are the best. Like, okay. I have so many two friends, and I'm like, this is why I have such great friends. <laughs> They're amazing. <laughs> okay. You are. Just Thank accept you. it. I Take will accept it. it. Um, Learning. Yeah. Learning how to accept things. It's, yes. It's a process, yeah. And Thank actually, you, you know Thank what? You. This whole thing, you know, this shitty cancer diagnosis over mm-hmm. two years ago, mm-hmm. completely uprooting my entire life. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm a professional woman, and luckily sometimes I get to jump into that sphere again. Yeah. Um, but I'm able to finally get back to that, the essence of what is important, you know, and to understand the different things that my husband's been trying to convey to me mm-hmm. for a while, but he's, he's on his own journey and, kind of, and very individualistic and um, very much um, encouraging me to find my path for myself. Mm-hmm. But I was like, but I don't know where to go. I need a book. I need a, I need a path. I need, I need. So, you know, I get this diagnosis, mm-hmm. which burns away the bullshit. Mm. And then my mom died. Yeah. While I was in the midst of a very, very difficult relationship with my father, who's bipolar. Oh, man. Oh, man. Talk about grieving. Yes. But honestly, so what's left after the bullshit is all burned away? What's left? Yeah, what's the good stuff? Love. Love. That's what's left. That's what's underneath all the bullshit. Mm. It really is. Mm -hmm. It really, truly is. You know, even, even watching my mother transition to death with my father next to my father, who I had barely spoken to and who I had actually pushed out of my life with force. November 1st, you know, just a few months prior, this was, um, so no, let me, I got to do the math. So October, November, December, January, February, four months after I shoved my dad out of my life, my mother died. And we were there it was my father, my brother, my sister, my oldest niece, who's um, in her early 20s, uh, I guess mid-20s now, mm-hmm. um, and 
my sister-in-law and we surrounded her in the way that she wanted to transition. And that, and I think that that is really important mm-hmm. for somebody dying. She did, ex- she went exactly the way that she wanted to and it was beautiful mm-hmm. and it was a release and it was wonderful. Yeah. But then I was left with, what am I going to, you know, what am I doing with all of the hurt and, and all of this emotional stickiness that I had with my father mm-hmm. what am I going to do with that yeah what did you do I'm so initially you know we responded mm-hmm. my brother and sister took on most of the role because I was going through radiation. I had just found out I had metastatic breast cancer. I had just found out. Oh, man. Yeah. So, and, you know, my brother and sister mm-hmm. are emotional about this mm-hmm. whole thing. And my father, you know, and they still look at me with sad eyes. And I mm. think that they still feel like they're not doing enough. And you are. You're doing enough. You're doing all that you can. And it's fine. And I guess that's, that's the thing, too. Whoever is around me mm-hmm. in whatever capacity... I know and I see you and I know that you're doing exactly what you can do mm-hmm. whatever that may be mm-hmm. um, and it's love mm-hmm. so dis- you know despite the fact like even in my days of my worst pain I could still you know hobble down to the to the um, to the coast in um La Jolla and sit down and watch the waves crash and watch our sons um, pick their ways across the yeah across the <laughs> stones yes yeah. and, um, and 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 observe new life and um, like anemones or whatever and uh, mussels and like tiny creatures and my husband you know bouncing around showing them things and I'm still there yes you're still alive. I'm still there. there. I'm still, still alive. Yes. yes. And I'm still experiencing joy. Mm-hmm. You know, I might not laugh as as crazy, silly um, as I used to be, but it'll come about again, you know. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that I wonder, too, if as I'm talking to people, like, it'll just come up. You know, I, I was at the hospital, and I had to get the bone scan, and I um, was going to be late, so I parked at a weird entrance, and I walked through, and I knew I could get through the skywalk, da-da-da, whatever, headed back out, and um, there was a man. He was trying to find his way back, too, so he was following along with me. We're walking along, chatting, da-da-da-da-da, whatever, and I'm like, yeah, I have, I have metastatic breast cancer, and he looks at me with shock. <laughs> And I'm like, shit, you know, sorry about that, you know? <laughs> sorry to throw you. <laughs> You're apologizing. I am all the time. All the time. All the time, yes, uh, because people see me. Yeah. You know, like, they see. I say metastatic breast cancer. I will die of breast cancer. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you see yourself in me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's scary. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's it's okay to be scary though. Yeah. And I guess I just want to be able to talk about it openly. Yeah. Because death is part of life. Mm-hmm. And I'm living 
in a more happy way now than I was in 2015. It's so beautiful. I think there was, it's different because I don't, I don't have cancer, but yeah. like, but I know when I was in pain, it's like when you see that when death is imminent or when there's like illness, I feel like disease is, yeah. is in with that. So when you have that pain, when you have what's not. When there seems to be no end to the pain. Yes. I think that there's like that darkness, but that darkness helps you identify what the light is, you know, like what are those good things? Yeah. What is the love? Yes, what yes, yes, yes. Moments? Yes, most definitely. Because I think matter. it makes you stop. Yeah. From being so busy. Yes. Yes, because none of that. Because you can't be busy if you're in pain and mm-hmm. you're close, you know, you're shutting out the light because you're having a migraine or um, you're curled up in pain or you're trying to wait for the nausea to pass or mm-hmm. um, you're trying to lower the inflammation, mm-hmm. you know, in your pelvic floor, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about what. Um, you would recommend for other people around someone with cancer. What about someone who just got the diagnosis? What what would be first steps? What advice do you have? First steps. Yeah. Or where do you go? I mean, I guess if you could be, if you could go back to yourself in that room or just outside of that room, what would? What would I guess I was in full on like, I was in go mode. Yeah. I wasn't in reflection mode. I was in action mode. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I've, now, got, I've got breast cancer. Got to get it out of my body. Mm-hmm. What do I do to get this out of my body? Have to get it out of my body. Mm-hmm. That's all I was focused on. Mm-hmm. So I had like long, luxurious, curly, gorgeous, like Samson mm. inspired hair. Cancer was your Delilah. Yes. <laughs> cancer was my Delilah. Um, but the first, one of the first acts was... Um, Kate Worth, my friend at um, Lucette, mm-hmm. um, said that uh, she would help me shave my hair. Mm-hmm. And um, I asked her to make sure to get it to some wig program or whatever. So mm-hmm. I think we were able to get four wigs. Wow, you did have a I lot. I had a lot of hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was, a, it was a big loving party. There were several friends there. Um, uh, my husband, our sons, um, a couple skateboarders. Kate and I all shaved our hair, um, and then um, the news actually picked up the story, um, so it was on WREX, and then uh, Karina Curry is an old friend of mine, because I used to waitress at Bacchus, mm-hmm. and then she took my position. Uh, she's a reporter with Register Star, so she featured me in the October issue of... Um, like breast cancer awareness or whatever, the pink issue insert. Um, And yeah, so people just, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of attention on me. Mm -hmm. And um, I could not get to a physical um, support group because it was always at weird times, Mm -hmm. like 5.30 on a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. I prefer to have dinner with my kids. Um, So I joined a lot of, different Facebook groups Mm -hmm. and I'm in a lot of different Facebook groups and they are really helpful. So I was diagnosed initially with HER2 positive breast cancer. So um, the receptors that they look for are estrogen positive, progesterone positive, and HER2 positive. And basically they're looking to see what, what the cancer likes and what the cancer feeds, what the cancer reacts to. Okay. 
So with triple negative breast cancer, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't care if you have estrogen in your body. It doesn't care if you have progesterone in your body. It doesn't care about the HER2 protein, which is prevalent along the heart and um, breast tissues. Uh, they've been able to, they, the, the scientists, have been able to develop drug-targeted therapies yeah. um, towards those. So if you think about a, a castle mm-hmm. that's surrounded by a moat, mm-hmm. there are three gates. Okay. So um, if you are um, HER2 positive, then the cancer likes to come in through that HER2 gate, but you can smash them there. Okay? <laughs> I love it. Okay? You should teach this. This is I, great. I but then, totally no, but this understand is, This is really, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, but I, but, so initially I was treated as HER2, okay. and that was my first dose. Okay. August 15th, right before the solar... Eclipse. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was home that day, and I was really nauseous. And and in my head, like, I think that I made things worse because I was like, I'm supposed to be sick, and I'm supposed to feel bad. And I was laying on the couch, yeah. and I was watching Netflix, and I was not being active. Yeah. Um, so be active. Mm-hmm. Go for a walk. Get out in the sunshine a little bit. Do a little exercise. Drink a little water. Push the fluids, mm-hmm. and so forth. Also... The nasty chemicals they gave me um, were not the chemicals that I had afterwards. So the initial diagnosis was wrong. Oh, man. So after the, first di- after the first treatment, then they switched me to, they called it 12 weeks of Taxol. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a triple dose the first time. So I got to wait for three weeks and then do weekly Taxol. Okay. And then do adriamycin and cyclo, I don't know, AC, Red Devil, mm. um, nasty shit, back in, um, in November, December, and January. Um, but, okay, so initially I did not want to look at all of the side effects because I thought that I would be psychosomatic and right. produce them. Mm-hmm. Um and I didn't, so I would purposely not look at all the side effects that they would hand to me mm-hmm. when they were doing, when they were educating me with chemo. Um, I do the same thing instead. I don't want to know the side effects. Yeah. In my head, I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I was, I know it, I've been successfully up. able to really mess up my body. Yeah, same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's not, you know, yeah. compound that. Right. Um, now I look. I look at the side effects because I want to know, like, is it going to be different than the side effects that I'm already feeling? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I guess since August 15th of 2017, I've had some kind of heavy chemical in my body. Mm-hmm. What do you do um, to promote health in your body? So you're bringing in all of these nasty chemicals. Mm-hmm. I know that you work really hard on... On the wellness factor of yeah, things, too. Yeah, so what with you... many guides. Yeah. I have lots of guides Good. in that sphere. So whether they be like a yoga instructor mm-hmm. or friends mm-hmm. or um, uh, my husband or... Um, what was the question again? So like what do you do for... Like wellness factors for your body. Like wellness factors like for my body. Okay. What are some things so you back do? in um, four years ago, um, it was, I think it was, it must have been before we opened the business. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was longer. Um, Eric decided to go vegan, and um, he's the main cook in our house, 
and so he loves to yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah he loves to cook mm-hmm. and um I don't like to cook that much I'm mm-hmm. I'm okay at it mm-hmm. um it brings a lot of stress it is not relaxing to me mm-hmm. it's relaxing to him mm-hmm. so initially like we Perfect. were like okay fine I will clean yeah I'll do all of the cleaning uh-huh. just you cook. do the cook yeah yeah and so I, I warm up his leftovers. That's what I'm cooking. <laughs> I do do a little bit more, but uh, not lately. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, he decided he wanted to go vegan, and I liked that because I did not like cleaning up the meat juice, mm. you know? <laughs> and I did not like meat. Yeah. So growing up, my mother would force us to eat meat, mm-hmm. and um, I would mutilate the meals that she would make <laughs> for me because I really did not want to eat the steak every mm-hmm. Saturday night. So I would hide them in my napkin or I would... Spread it around. Spread, yeah. yeah. Well, no, I'd cover it with Western dressing. <laughs> it, it, we had clean plate clubs, okay? So there was no... Okay. There was yeah. no spreading it around. Okay. See, I Take would, a smaller I portion. make it just look like... Every kid yeah. thinks that you're accomplishing yeah. something yeah. that the parents know. Yeah, you, exactly. You just moved it around. Your yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, like, I, I know my nine-year-old, he has a tendency to, like, just spread out the thing that he really doesn't want to eat and leave it to the last point. And I was like, that was a dumb move. You know, you probably should have left a little bit of that um, rice that you like on the plate so that you could mix it up with the mushrooms that you hate so much. Otherwise, now you get to taste mushroom. Pure mushroom. Pure mushroom. So anyways, he went vegan, mm-hmm. and I always want, kind of was eating as a plant-based person anyways. Anyway, yeah. Because I would choose to not eat meat. I mean, usually it would be like a lazy choice if I was eating meat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did that for six months, and then we decided that... He was taking like B12 supplements or something like that, or some kind of supplements that you need when you don't have animal protein. Mm-hmm. And we thought this is way too much work. Mm-hmm. So, and it's kind of silly. He really doesn't like taking supplements if he doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I might be telling the story wrong, Eric, and I apologize. <laughs> um, but so we um, just decided that we were going to add back in eggs and cheese, and uh, we had always drank almond milk. And it was just easy. Mm-hmm. So eating a meal that made me feel good afterwards, yeah. and as opposed to eating a meal that made me feel sick afterwards. Mm-hmm. So right after diagnosis, my, my oncologist was like, you need to go eat a cheeseburger because I want you to gain weight. You were way too underweight. I was at the best shape of my life, I think, right. because I was working out at the same dojo that my kids and my husband go to. Mm-hmm. But I was doing it as... Um, the ultimate body shaping challenge. And you have to say it that way because it's more fun. <laughs> you really do. So, you can't say it in a high no, way. No, no. Ultimate body shaping challenge. Ultimate body shaping <laughs> challenge. No, no. no. So work. I would do that twice a week, like massive amounts wow. of... Wow. Yes, massive amounts of push-ups and um, kickboxing and burpees and... You. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was... You know, I was on top of it and maybe I'll even wear a bikini this summer. Like... <laughs> Yeah. Yes, uh-huh. yes, and um, no. <laughs> so the doctor's like, you're really close to being underweight. And I'm like, I've always been small. You're tiny. Little. I know, yeah. I'm petite. Yeah. I'm Sicilian-American. I'm five foot mm-hmm. two. Um, when, I'm, when I'm out of shape, when I am eating way too much, which I then did because I was, I started to try to eat meat, and then I would feel sick afterwards. Mm-hmm. My mother was 
totally excited about me eating meat again and would kept bringing me food. Mm-hmm. Here's the food that you liked when you were eight, you know. And <laughs> here's never the... liked it, Mom. It was covered in dressing. Well, but I liked it because it was covered in dressing. <laughs> yeah. It would. It was uh, the, the dishes. It's egg noodles with um, uh, cream of chicken, cream of mushroom soup over um, like chicken, like boiled chicken. Oh, yeah, my mom had something similar. Yeah, the cream of mushrooms. Any of the yes. cream of soups. Right. Right. And so, you know, the cream of covered up the taste of the nasty chicken, so it was fine. <laughs> yeah. Then it was okay. Yeah. Um, so, and then I would drink smoothies all day and really, per- you know, I drink a smoothie after dinner. Mm-hmm. And these are smoothies that we made at home. Like mm-hmm. not any, I don't like any powder. of that protein yeah. powder mm-hmm. shit. I can't taste, I can't stand the taste of that. So we're talking um, base of bananas um, and my husband started doing this when he started working out. And so then I started doing it at, um, as well. I learned a lot from him. Mm-hmm. And um, then I got to the point where I would intentionally drink an entire blender full wow. a day because I was so intent on pushing the fluids yeah. to help me mm-hmm. uh, weather out the nasty chemicals that I was ingesting. Yeah with chemotherapy through my IV. Mm -hmm. Um, So bananas, whatever fresh fruit is on hand, freshly grated ginger, handful of spinach, cinnamon, sometimes honey for taste, but usually you don't need that if you have fresh fruit. Mm -hmm. And then just blend it up. That was my smoothie. And so I successfully went from 108 to like 120. Great, wow. But that was with a lot of effort. Yeah. So now I don't make an effort, yeah. and I hover between 112 to 115. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like, if I dip to 111, I'm like, oh, no, my doctor's <laughs> going to get mad at me again. <laughs> and I think that, honestly, you know, that is something to worry about. Mm-hmm. If, if something does happen to me, mm-hmm. if I can't, if I do start vomiting, I've never vomited mm-hmm. um, due to chemotherapy, um, but if I start losing fluids that way, yeah. then I think I'll be in big trouble. And I think that's what he was trying to... Is to get that. Help. Yes, exactly. It, yeah. Help create a buffer. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Out of love. Out of, <laughs> out of love. Um, well, okay. Let's end with, because I loved your gratitude post. Okay. Let's end with the things that you're grateful for. You want me to just read it all? No, well, just say, it. like, just what are some them. things? Just talk about it. Like, what are you great? What are you, what are you most thankful for in life? Why are you? I don't like the most. Okay, not most. What are some? What are some things? Some things that some I am. Some things that you're things grateful that for. What are some things that are pulling you through right now? It doesn't have to be people. It could just be, I don't know. Like when you wake up in the morning, it excites you to think about these. So. Things. Um, um, some things that I didn't put in the post. Oh, okay. Oh, so you can yeah. go to my account at um, D-I-B-E-A-1 on Instagram. Um, that's a throwback to my um, email address back in Bracket Washu. It was debea1 at wusul.edu. <laughs> so I created an MSN account like that's 20 amazing. years ago, and then I just created that for Instagram because I am lazy. And we'll put I'll put a link to yeah. all of your information, too. Um, so... Uh, our son Sammy is 11 and um, every morning before he goes to school which is later than the elementary school time start it's like two hours later an hour and a half later 
um, he makes me breakfast Aww. every morning. Aww. So he's just learning how to use the stove well. And um, he's like, hey, mom, do you want me to make you breakfast this morning? Do you want another rice bowl? Um, sweet. So very sweet. Aww. Yeah. Um, so I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that if and when I ever need anything, mm-hmm. I can usually call the first person and they'll say yes. Or maybe it'll take three phone calls and it'll... So if I ever need anything, mm-hmm. whatever that might be, whether that's help carrying something or keep taking care of the boys or whatever, there's always somebody um, waiting in the wings. Um, Add me to the list. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, I need your real phone number, not your just Instagram messaging. Uh, I'll text it to you before we go. I'm going to tell. No, of course not. Of course not. Um, Isn't it funny how we communicate now these days? I know. Through Instagram? Yes. Yes. Through Facebook? Through DM. DM. Yeah. So what else am I thankful for? Um, I really, 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 really love our neighborhood. Mm. Um, I love the tree-lined streets. I love the Mm -hmm. fact that our house was built... In about 1906 or so, um, it was built with integrity and um, has has sheltered many generations and has survived many major storms because yeah. we have some whoppers here. We do. Um, and I appreciate I, I, I appreciate the fact that um, people I think do extend me grace. Mm. Um, and they do still seek out my opinion, mm-hmm. which is wonderful because I know I'm a cancer patient and I know I'm not active in the professional world, but um, it is nice to have a, an opinion that's valued. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thankful for um, soft, cozy <laughs> clothing, which I'm wearing all the time. <laughs> like Currently, right now, I am wearing um, a um, upstate Illinois sweatshirt from Rockford Art Deli with a Urban Farm Girl t-shirt. <laughs> you are repping. That right was actually now. printed at Rockford Art Deli, mm-hmm. most likely. Um, and a Lucette Find Your Light um, sweatpants and um, uh, socks from Culture Shock. Um, I really enjoy supporting local. Um, I really adore the local businesses and the way that they really do um, intentionally give back and care about our community. Um, I really, really do love our community. Um, I'm also really thankful for Stroll on State, which I realize will be um, in the past whenever you probably post this. I kind of, I might like just whip this out. We'll see. (laughs) I'm really thankful for Stroll on State. It is the happiest day of the year for me. It's the Saturday after Thanksgiving. I enjoy it because there's no formality um, I can be wild and silly. I get to embrace many people. I don't know who it's going to be, um, but I, I'm, I'm always anticipating with joy whoever I might bump into. Mm-hmm. Because I've been active in this town for the past 20 years, um, if 90,000 people show up downtown, I'm bound, into, bound to run into some people that I know. Um, I love good hugs. <laughs> I love deep. Best. I love deep hugs. Um, and uh, I love the silly glint in my mischievous 
husband's eye. <laughs> there's, you know, like you, you, so he's a full grown ass adult, right? But there's a little part of him in the back of his blue eye that I can just see a mischievous little boy. Um, it is cute. Oh, I love that. It is cute. Yes. I know I said this was the last question, but I have another one. It's okay. It's when you were talking about the community. Yeah. Um, okay, so you, you did, you've talked about what you love about this community. What would you like, where do you want to see Rockford in 10 years, 20 years? What do you hope to see in this community? I hope that Rockford continues to um, look within. Rockford is a, um, a teenage girl that has been um, steadily um, <laughs> coming into her own. No, I, I think I think it's teenage girl that tells herself that she's not worthy. Oh, that's all the time. Such a great analogy. Yeah. So, um, Rockford citizens, you are worthy. Oh. You have worth. You are creative. You are um, innovative. You um, are loving. You support each other. Look within. Look within. You don't have to look, you know, to the big cities that surround us. Um, put your roots down here so that if you want to spend the weekend in a big city, whether it be Madison or Milwaukee or St. Louis or Chicago or whatever, some kind of day trip, fine. But make your base here where it's affordable mm-hmm. and double down. Because if you invest in your community, God. Investors use right where it is. Seriously, I mean, the dividends that it's paid for me in terms of um, access and um, I don't even know. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, just believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. You got this, girl. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, Alicia, I'm going to have to wrap up. This was the best conversation we're going to have to talk again soon. I won't yeah. record all of it. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Unless you'll let me. No, that's fine. That's um, fine. But thank you for all you do for this community. Thank you for being willing to be vulnerable, to talk yeah. about things that a lot of people have a hard time talking well, about. I am purposely am doing this because I feel like there's got to be somebody out there that is scared shitless. Mm-hmm. Oh, guaranteed. And I, I mean, please ask Please ask me the questions. If you do find somebody who is willing to talk about it, mm-hmm. then do ask because one in eight women will develop breast cancer in their lifetimes. Mm. The number is higher if you're a woman of color. Mm. Wow. One in three breast cancer patients will metastasize. They will have metastatic breast cancer. And of those metastatic breast cancer patients, the median survival rate is three years. Some will survive five months. Some will survive 20 years. Mm -hmm. I don't know how long I got, but I think it's not coming anytime soon. I think so, too. And I think you're living every single second. I am. I really am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I was taught by another metastatic breast cancer patient that um, she called, they call them, the stage four patients call themselves thrivers. Mm to not only live with cancer, but to thrive despite it. That's so beautiful and lovely. Just like you, oh my, Alicia, 
Thank you. Thank How you, can, Kelly. If someone wants to talk to you, ask you some follow-up questions, what's the best way to get in touch? Okay, so um, you can find me. The best way probably would be through Messenger, um, uh, Facebook Messenger. I'm on Facebook a lot. Okay. Um, and Instagram. Uh, so send me a direct message, and um, I will try to help as best I can, or at least connect you to somebody that can help you further. Okay, and what can we do for cancer research? Any places we should go to support? So um, most definitely um, Metaviver okay. is the only organization that provides 100% of its resources towards metastatic breast cancer research. Wow, okay. So um, that would be an organization to support. They have actually... Um, I don't know that they've really made an impact on how many women die yearly of metastatic breast cancer, but at least they're getting more funding. There's a lot of new drugs that are coming out now, I think because of it, over the last 10 years. Um, I would stay away from Google. Okay. I would instead jump into a Facebook group that is of your cancer type. Okay. Um, also, something that I do is I'll sit in a cancer group of something that some therapy that I might be taking in the future. Mm -hmm. So I know I have a genomic mutation on my tumor that is PIK3A um, <laughs> is the gene, and there's a targeted drug therapy called Picre that targets that drug that gene. I'm not taking that drug right now, but I've been sitting in that group, observing what their experiences are over time because sometimes you might be on something for three weeks and then you're done. Mm -hmm. So I want to, yeah, just to, it, yeah. go to go to go to the right resources. Go to support and yeah, not to panic. Yeah. Right, and um, and then I'll just leave off by saying that there are organizations that do not actually support breast cancer research. So always ask before you give. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Alicia. Uh, I will have all of her contact information in the show notes so you can access those there. Thank you for your time today, Lee. Okay, thank you.